True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. being believed might be one of the worst feelings ever. Today, TCG covers the stories of those who have experienced miscarriages of justice. You to bring us in? No, not this time. <laughs> not any time. <laughs> no, the past couple times I kind of been not on purpose. <laughs> you can't it's all like accidental intro. Yeah, it's accidental intro. <laughs> I'm sorry if I sound stuffy today. I'm my allergies are like hating me. So, ooh, so welcome back. Yeah, after a little break. Thank you for giving us um, our life break. Preach. Yeah, like, you know. I mean, I could use a n- more break, but. <laughs> It's all right. We don't Dude, it's been it's been a month. What, did we just finished. Yeah, February's been a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um January felt like it was never going to end and then February felt like it was just going way too fast. Mhm. And now it's March and I don't know what the fuck Who is. knows what's going to happen in March? Hopefully it just normal paces it out, but it's the child's um golden birthday so he's gonna be 15 on the 15 so i'm having a little crisis about that um but other than that i mean <laughs> oh i'm i'm seeing peewee tonight i'm so excited yay yeah where in the same room as paul rubens so it's exciting i've seen paul rubens before but not in the same room not like that it's an enclosed room <laughs> And I'm gonna be very. I'm gonna that be sounds so than I was last time. We're gonna be in an enclosed room. Because <laughs> the last time was at the Hollywood Bowl. It was outside. Yeah. So it's gonna be like close. Yeah. Closer. That's fair. Much closer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. That's fair. I'm. But, um, I'm gonna do laundry tonight. <clears throat> and. Oh, fuck! I have to put away my laundry. Uh, I have to do that too. So what are we? What are we... Okay, back on... What? Well, let's get back. What are we talking about today? <clears throat> I don't know what we're going to call it yet. Right. But I think we all did wrongfully convicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the options I w- were um, wrongfully convicted or wrongfully <sighs> dismissed. Um. And this was actually... Oh, I should have had her name I tried looking ready. up wrongfully dismissed, and I got a bunch of cases on wrongful termination, which isn't the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, so did I. Um, 
I got this suggestion from Sheila from um, the accounting. Huh? What? Yeah. Sheila from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila from the um, self-defense class that we went. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Her name's Curl Power. Curl Power eight six zero four zero nine on the Instagram, mm-hmm. and she's always sending like cool suggestions. Always like replying the shit that we post. And um, she's the one that gave me the idea for this. And I knew we'd never we'd never do it or it wouldn't really like come up mm-hmm. unless it was maybe like individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought that would be like a cool yeah. idea. But it was either or. And then we all ended up doing wrongfully convicted. So. I really, really, really wanted to wanted to <laughs> English. I really wanted to do wrongfully dismissed. And Mm -hmm. how I searched it was, like, people who got away with murder, like, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But then I was like, I don't know. I get a little nervous, Mm -hmm. like, saying someone did something when they're not accused. Like, or when they didn't, like, I don't know. Like, I I just got my nerves, like, freaked out. And then I was like, do I want to, like, I don't want, like, families coming after me. Like, I just, I don't know. My my anxiety spiraled, and so I was like, "I'm good. I'll just go after the other one." We would have to have it would have to be like an older case because years and more and more like stuff would have had to come out for us to kind of like make that decision, right? Um, and the only one that I can think of is like OJ. (laughs) Spencer said that he was like because we were texting. I was like, "Hey, do you know any good like?" people like who got away with murder or something like that and he's like oj <laughs> like, yeah bitch you know what i'm asking you for like you know but i'm not like, gonna even, do that yeah even like that like it's super involved like there's so much yeah. evidence and so it's like different but i like i like the one i like that there, we all did wrongfully convicted and i really like my story yeah there was one that i was gonna do um his name was samuel little and i was gonna do it yeah. because he did you see that one mm-hmm um because he got away with it for a long time but he eventually didn't so then i was like it mm. kind of fits but then it doesn't so i was just like there's too many like Never mind. there's too much <laughs> going on so yeah i like the one i found yeah i, I just really like and i found a girl oh nice mm-hmm. very nice yeah i went down like just a long list of like wrongfully convicted naturally i just went to like the like oldest one possible and then worked my way up until i was interested (laughs) that sounds horrible like there were some but some like i don't know some there's just not like a lot of meat to them you know yeah but i actually found a really cool website and i fucking lost the link to it um but it was it was a map like a a national registry of exonerations or something like that Mm. and um it had a map of the u.s so you can pick your state and then it had like a timeline of uh uh, yeah it had a timeline of years and then on the years there were a bunch of little boxes stacked up Mm -hmm. and then each little box was the person that was exonerated and then it would tell you like if they were exonerated murder um robbery theft or not theft um 
like arson or whatever mm-hmm, like whatever mm-hmm, the crime mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. and so i kind of just like hovered over the little things until i got like a girl name and i was like oh this one sounds good <laughs> are really good good very nice yeah. very nice so yeah i mean all right well we've all did wrongful conviction so i'm sure I just have to come up with a name for it mm-hmm. wrongfully convicted <laughs> i feel like that's okay we can just name it that then yeah i'll think okay yeah otherwise just default is like yeah yep that works you heard it here first (laughs) you know they would have heard it from the episode title first (laughs) they're like they're like we already know what this is called stop talking about it no we're gonna talk about it for another 29 minutes (laughs) okay who wants to go first Not I. I'll go first. Oh, sure. I guess I'll go. Oh, oh you want to yeah, go? She can go. Oh, Kyle, I'll go first. Okay. okay. I was like, I don't care. Um, okay. Well, because I mean, that kind of works because I just told you like how I found it and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. So, let's see. On October 24th, 1967, Annie Richardson was preparing the next day's lunch for her seven children whoa first of all (laughs) um the lunch consisted of beans rice and grits and was placed in a locked fridge for the children to eat the next day um on october 25th annie and her husband james joseph richardson headed to work they both worked at the orange groves that were 16 miles away from their home in arcadia florida which i was like oh i found a florida one look at that um Uh, The four oldest children were in school and the rest were being watched by a neighbor named Bessie Reese. The four returned home for lunch. Um, They ate lunch with their siblings and then returned to school. And then the teachers noticed that they were experiencing some strange symptoms um, and took the children to the hospital. Within the next few hours, the children began to experience abdominal cramps, vomiting, diarrhea, um, blurred vision, excessive sweating, wheezing, seizures, heart issues, um, muscle twitching, bladder issues, and fecal incontinence. Um, that day, Betty, age eight, mm-hmm. Alice, age seven, Susie, age six, Doreen, age five, Vanessa, age four, and James Jr., age two, died. What? <laughs> the seventh child, Diane, age three, died the next day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So all seven Shit. children died. Um, Joseph H. Minahan? Minahan? Okay. Of the Arcadia Police Department. An investigator with the Arcadia Police Department <laughs> <laughs> was the first officer to arrive at the hospital. After finding out that all the children were from the same family, he went immediately to search the home for any signs of what the children could have been poisoned with. Because they're like, that's basically all this could be is they were poisoned and then died. Um, he found nothing except for some insect spray, but he didn't believe that how fast it happened and the severity of their symptoms um that wouldn't have done it like for all the children like they would have gotten sick but that wouldn't have done it so he's like there's really nothing here um investigators did believe that the poison was likely some type of pesticide they continued to search the home and a shed in the back for possible causes 
Um, and the shed, so the home is is an apartment. Um, and so the shed in the back was like m- multiple people from the apartment had access to it. Um, but they still like searched it. Um, didn't really find anything. And during this time, both Richardson's um, were being questioned by law enforcement, just general stuff, nothing out of the ordinary. What year was this again? Um, 67. 67, okay. Um, that day, the home and the shed had been searched five times, just that day. Um, the next day, searching continued, and all of a sudden, a sack of pesticide called Parathion was um, found in the shed. All the investigators that searched um, the home and the shed the day before agreed that the sack had not been in the shed the day before. Um, So they figured whoever planted the sack was who poisoned the children. Mm -hmm. Um, But they still were like, okay, but who is this person? Um, Conflicting reports on how it got there um, were given to law enforcement officials. Um... The uh, one of the first investigators to arrive was told by Bessie Reese, who was the babysitter, that Charlie Smith, a resident of um, the apartment complex, had discovered the sack um, and then like basically like told someone to tell police. Um, um, Let's see. Um, And. Oh, no. So they had they had been informed. I'm sorry. They had been informed of the sack by an anonymous mail caller. And so they're like, well, it was a mail caller who called and she's saying that this Charlie Smith person found it. So maybe that's the person who found it. That's really as far as it goes, though. <laughs> um, the, mm. Yeah. The next day um, an insurance salesman told reporters that um Richardson had discussed insurance policies for the children the night before their deaths. So that James Richardson discussed insurance policies. Um, so uh, it was determined that the salesman talked to Richardson just hours before the children were poisoned as well. So according to authorities, Richardson, um, but oh, so I'm sorry, but according to authorities, Richardson and Purvis. Um, the insurance salesman gave conflicting stories on the insurance policies. So it's basically like one person would say something and then another person's would conflict. So it was constantly just like, what's the truth here? Um, And then no additional evidence was found for two days. And then um, two days after the funeral for the seven children, James Richardson was charged with seven counts of murder in the first degree. Um, the police chief, however, said, because um, it was one of the investigators who filed um, the murder warrants against that, him, um, the police chief was like, there is no case against that man. And um, the prosecutor in charge of the case agreed. So the murder warrants were then dropped. But then a judge in the area agreed with the charges and summoned a coroner's inquest to substantiate evidence already on hand. So basically, like, make this evidence fit (laughs) so we can charge this person. Why the fuck do shit like that? God damn. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So some of this um, I had trouble like finding kind of like good information on. Um, So one of the investigators also announced the other day that five other children of Richardson had died under mysterious circumstances in another Florida city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's five on top of the seven. Yes, all the children. Turtle Myrtle. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, it was the sixties. Never mind. <laughs> and um, yeah. So the investigator was saying that um, his motive for the crime was to collect insurance money on the children, which would total almost fourteen thousand dollars. Which I'm like, that's dude. What the not fuck? a ton, but I mean, I guess back then it was, but. Not really. I mean, for the death of seven children. I don't know. It was in the 60s. Yeah. Um, So, the judge who had basically told the coroner, like, make everything fit, his name's Judge Hayes, um, said that both Richardson and his wife had taken lie detector tests and that the results showed that Richardson had knowledge of the poisoning, which indicated he was guilty. You mean like he knew his kids were <laughs> Would that count as fucking knowledge of the of these fucking people? Yes, um, and I'm like, four, I'm sorry. Wait, fourteen thousand dollars would be roughly a hundred and nine thousand dollars now. See, but for seven kids, that just seems low to me. I mean, That's depends true. on how much you're putting into yeah. it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, but like as far as far as motive, like I don't know. That's a lot of risk. And I don't feel like the reward is enough. Thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's more what I mean. Like, not that the policy was wasn't big enough, but that the policy to kill people <laughs> wasn't worth it. Yeah. Seven people <laughs> wasn't worth it. Um, not that any policy amount is worth killing anybody. <laughs> Let the record Let the record show. show. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, wait a second. This doesn't sound right. Um, Okay. Uh, So the judge, after that, the judge instructed the investigators to, again, file murder charges against Richardson. Um, And I... This judge, he was well known in the community. He had been a judge for more than 31 years. I don't know where Arcadia is or I probably should have looked that up, but comparing it to Ocala, I could, especially like in the, that day and age, I could see how they were like, well, that guy, he's been our judge yeah. forever. Of course, we're going to believe him. Like, yeah, like he has pool and whatever. Exactly. Anyway. So, um, his like want to file these murder charges carried like a, a, an extreme amount of weight um and so um the murder charges were filed and um richardson was arrested Fuck. for the murder of seven children so Richardson was represented by the NAACP and lawyer John S. Robinson. Robinson went to talk to Richardson while he was being held in the county jail before the t- trial took place. Um, Richardson was adamant that he had not killed his children because he loved them very much. Um, Richardson said that um, Klein, who was the investigator and the sheriff, um, who filed the charges on him, who was basically like out to get him from the beginning, was pushing him around, calling him the N-word, because um, he, w- he was black, um, 
So it's not just out of nowhere. When you said NAACP. Yeah. Well, you know, well, Janine's face was like, I'm sorry, why? It's like, well, it's the 60s. (laughs) Anybody call anybody. I mean, I feel that, but it it was unfortunately the 60s. And so Mm. kind of not explain it kind of explains why a lot of this happened a lot of it is Doesn't has to it do right, yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so he was questioning him in a very mean way so it's just horrible treatment from the beginning yeah. and uh he had told richardson that he would be let off easy if he confessed to the crime um, oh, but no. Richardson stuck to that he and he denied that he had ever harmed any of his children. He never confessed, never took that plea deal or anything like that. Um, so um, through let me see through uh, his uh, brain, we can words, do words. this. So, the trial began on Monday morning, May 27th, 1968, at the Lee County Courthouse. All of the chosen jurors were white, despite numerous challenges. Robinson was unable to secure a fair jury. Um... Let's see. Many individuals were brought to testify, including the neighbor, the insurance salesman, and, you know, the person who found the poison, all those lovely people. Um, And also, Ernell Washington, James Weaver, and James Cunningham, who were cellmates with Richardson in the Arcadia jail, and said that Richardson had admitted to them that he had killed the children. God. Uh Uh-huh. He won't admit it to save his life. Right, but but he'll admit it to his cellmates. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. Um, After the hearing, chief of police, um, the one who said there's no case, still was like, there is no case against this man. Like, all of these people, like, aren't, like, truthful. Like, it's been proven that their stories have changed and all of that. So, um Regardless, Richardson was sentenced to die by the court and was on death row for nearly five years. He was saved by the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 1972 that the death penalties in the U.S. at the time were unconstitutional. And his sentence was commuted to life in prison with eligibility of parole in 1993. So, um, that's the conviction portion of everything. So, Mark Lane, he is an internationally known trial attorney, had visited Richardson on death row, and Richardson asked Lane to represent him. So Lane started to like really look into the case um, and um, found out that the babysitter, Bessie Reese, was con- a convicted murderer. Fucking knew it. <laughs> and indicated that um, Richards, uh, basically, he he fully believed that, indicated that Richardson and his wife were completely innocent for of anything. Um, so, at the time of the children's murders, Reese was on parole for killing her ex-husband using, what? Poison. Okay, I feel like that would have been, like... Just the way you check off name, date of birth, gender, fucking whatever in your investigation. Oh. Um, let me see if you're a convicted fucking murderer. No, the prosecution knew and had worked oh, hard fuck. to keep this from coming to trial because they I wanted guess. to pin it on Richardson. Um, 
Yeah, basically little had been done to pursue her involvement in the children's deaths at all, um, including the facts that she had given them the food that she had given them the food and that she had initially lied saying that she had not gone into the apartment so originally she said oh no i was never in a locked fridge or something yeah but she was babysitting them so she had access to the locked fridge to feed the kids because she was their babysitter and um so but originally when they asked her she said that she like never had gone into the apartment that day and then it came out that no she was actually babysitting them that day so it's like why was she Like, from the get-go, it was, like, sketchy. That's what I'm saying. That's so stupid. Mm -hmm. So, um, as of 1988, Reese um, was suffering from Alzheimer's disease and in a nursing home in Arcadia, Florida, and had reportedly confessed to the murders more than 100 times. But her confessions were not taken seriously because of her condition. (laughs) Okay, but due to the conditions of the fucking case, I know maybe looked into it. Oh my god! So she died of Alzheimer's in 1992, and also the last surviving witness to Richardson's alleged jail cell confession recanted his testimony to state legislators, saying that he had been offered a lighter sentence in return for his testimony. Oh my god! Um. So. Uh, Lane then met with the governor's council and turned the entire file over to the governor asking um, for them to basically like reopen the case. Um, So the governor, Robert Martinez, appointed the state's attorney from Miami-Dade County, Janet Reno, to be the special prosecutor on the investigation. Um, A number of months after... On October 25th, 1989, a hearing was held in Arcadia in the same courthouse where Richardson had been convicted more than 21 years earlier. Um, both Lane and Reno agreed that an injustice had been done to Richardson and that the wrong person had been convicted of the crimes. Um, and um, that he had not received a fair trial and so he was then set free so he was exonerated oh yeah um in 2014 florida governor rick scott signed into um law house bill 227 (laughs) which provides compensation to a wrongfully incarcerated person who was convicted and sentenced prior to december 31st 1979 uh the law is so narrowly like there are so many like little things that go into this law um that it's likely that richardson will actually be the only individual eligible for compensation under it (laughs) yeah and so he was expected to be awarded 1.2 million but i couldn't find anything on whether he had received his payment um he throughout this whole thing he had um some major health issues like he um needed like open heart surgery just from like all the stress and um he's i mean he came through all of it just okay you know um him and did stick by him for a long time but they did eventually get divorced he got remarried gonna be my next question they did i mean they she stuck by him for a long, long, long time. So it, it's yeah. it it wasn't 
But yeah, James Joseph Richardson spent 21 years behind bars for se- the seven murders of his children that he did not commit. Fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. I fucking knew it was Bessie. Freaking Bessie. Bessie, bitch. Oh my God. Name of a cow. Huh? Yeah. So that's the name of a cow. Yeah. Bessie? Bessie. Mm-hmm. Bessie bitch, though? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's what I'm going to name my cow. <laughs> Fuck, dude. What happened? I know. Because it's like, not that not that any wrongful conviction is okay, but then, like, to be of your children, like, <sighs> so sad. And then, like, you never really get to mourn. Right. Because you know? you're just, because like, you're so worried. All this other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Man. Well, that was a mind fuck. Yeah. Next, I can go next. It was really interesting, though, because in order to get, like, the symptoms of poisoning, I had to, like, look up, like, symptoms of whatever paratheon poisoning. How long does it take for paratheon poisoning to, like... I'm like, people are going to think that I'm going to, like, poison people. Nothing better happen to Spencer. He was was here, and I mentioned it to him. I mentioned it to him. I was like, dude... Oh, just to cover your tracks? Yeah. Now that's what you're telling us? Maybe. Mm Got it. Maybe. Is that why you picked the story? Listen, what do you, what do you we were just <laughs> out in the woods yesterday, okay? Like, and he came back just fine. She's gonna blame it on the food delivery that they get tonight. <laughs> See how she's setting this up? We were in the woods. I could have killed him then, but I didn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm, I had the opportunity to get him infested with ticks and poison ivy on his balls. <laughs> she picked this story because she knew he would die quickly. <laughs> this poison. Ooh, that's a good one, Kyle. <laughs> I like the setup. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you guys. Season four, episode Ugh. six. How Kyle kills Spencer. Is that what? Is that episode no, six? The next one would be episode oh. six. That's <laughs> 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 funny. Um, oh, I'm only going next because you know mine are short and sweet. I like to get it to the point. That's what she said. But also because this one didn't have much information about the crime it the crimes themselves but it was more about the aftermath which i really liked um so here we go uh wrongful convictions happen for many reasons um which i kept looking it up and it's like the seven main reasons so i just put down a couple um misidentification by witnesses false or forced confessions which is like kind of like kyle's um systemic racism or bias which is like Mm -hmm. kyle's um, and in the past when things were in advances where they, as they are now, um, like unvalidated forensic science, science. So like DNA tests and all that crap. And then also what in my case is like just gross misconduct and neg- negligence. Fuck yeah. Cause mm-hmm. no offense to coppers out there. I know a few, but <laughs> it's, it's really hard to not have some sort of bias and just like, I know like you know I know you did it I know you did it and even though they didn't do it it's just because like they have this for whatever reason this grudge against this one person Mm -hmm. like in your story where they're just like we we want to nail you so we're gonna coerce other Mm -hmm. people to be complicit and but the law is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty it's Mm -hmm. always 100% the opposite Mm -hmm. yeah 100% yeah um and and it's funny because that's what I put. But um, officials, the public put 
As in this case, gross misconduct and negligence by corrupt officials. Officials the public put our trust into to either convict the guilty and free the innocent, not the opposite. Because for every innocent man that is wrongfully convicted, one guilty man is left out to roam free. Did you write that? I did. God damn. (laughs) I got you. Um, (laughs) In this case, um, Glendale, Glenn Woodall. Um, after a series of crimes at the Huntington Mall in West Virginia, the handyman who occasionally worked as a gravedigger was accused of being the perpetrator. His crimes he was being accused of um, included two cases of sexual assault described as grisly. His DNA was taken and submitted to the state crime lab where Frederick Salem Zane, a forensic lab technician, confirmed and testified that the semen one of the, uh, from one of the victims matched the sample provided by Woodall. Woodall was convicted and sentenced to 335 years in prison. Now at the West Virginia State Penitentiary, Moundsville, Woodall and his defense began his appeal. Woodall's lawyers conducted their own testing and found that Zane used flawed blood typing methods when testing Woodall's semen. Not only that, but he a previously declared unidentifiable hair sample was changed, and it was, it was a pubic hair sample, um, was changed by Zane to being a hair from Woodall's beard. Oh my God. Um, in 1988, an investigation was um, initiated, and in 1992, Woodall was found to be not guilty and freed. Um, he sued the state for false imprisonment and won a 100 million, oh sorry, a one million dollar settlement. So I know. I'm like, damn. So I did read that. Oh, wait, did I put that in here? Um, I don't think I put it in here, but yeah, so there is, um, a lot of states have those laws where if you're wrongfully convicted, you get something like, um, some compensation. Yeah. It's like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars per year that you were incarcerated and you get more if you were on death row and then they find out that you were wrongfully convicted, Mm -hmm. then that's how they judge how much you get. Um, after the investigation concluded, Prosecutor William Forbes began a criminal investigation into Zane. Um, the findings of the investigation were so disturbing, Forbes asked the Supreme Court of Appeals of West Virginia to appoint a special judge and panel to investigate the serology department. In November 4, 1993, a report was issued by Senior Circuit Court Judge James Holliday. In it, it was found that Zane not only misstated evidence, he falsified lab results and reported scientifically impossible implausible results that may have resulted in as many as 134 people being wrongfully convicted oh my god and that's just in west virginia okay that doesn't surprise me why does it take like a second review why does it like why can't we fucking know this you know what i'm saying because right now they put their trust into when you're like in a lab like It's about the science. It's not supposed to be about anything else behind it. I work in a lab. I know, like, I see the way it is. We don't see names. We see numbers, results. We see levels. So in the lab, you don't pay attention to patients. The only thing you do is verify the patient's information, obviously. But you're just doing your job. That's it. There's no bias as to the person, the condition, because you don't see these people. You just see the facts stated in the science. But like this guy so that's why they put their like they trust you're supposed to trust those people because we don't have any bias but then this guy was just fucking crooked as fuck and that's what happened right that's Um, crazy so after after all this went down in west virginia where woodall was convicted zane moved 
he moved from West Virginia to Texas just to like get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, so all this happened and the 134 people being wrongfully convicted. Um, Holiday found that Zane's misconduct was so egregious. Any testimony offered by Zane should be considered invalid, unreliable, and inadmissible. Shit. It also found serious discrepancies in the serology, serology division's quality control procedures. Um, an investigation was initiated in Texas where he had moved to after the Woodall case. Um, that one concluded that while working in the Bexar County Medical Examiner's Office, Zane engaged in misconduct and fraud, resulting in as many as 180 wrongful convictions. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Is he a priest? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just fucking moving from one place to the fucking other and doing the same stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. My God. Um, so, Zane had filed reports on tests that were never even being performed. That was, like, one of his biggest things. Um, he reported negative results as po- positive <clears throat> and described inconclusive results as conclusive. Texas and West Virginia had to investigate all of Zayton's cases and subsequently overturn rulings in multiple cases. West Virginia alone paying out more than $6 million to people who were wrongfully convicted. Mm-hmm. What a piece of shit. That is. Um, Zane was charged with fraud, but his trial was put on indefinite hold after he was diagnosed with liver cancer. In 2001, he was charged on four counts of obtaining money under false pretenses, but the jury deadlocked. Um, a new fraud trial was later scheduled for July 2003, but in two de- December 2002, Zane succumbed to his liver cancer and died in his home. Of course he fucking mm-hmm. did. So he never got, never went to prison, never had to account for his actions, and what? he died peacefully at home. This is kind of like mm-hmm. both, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a dick. <sighs> I know. That's why I liked it. Oh, damn. Yours are really like. You always pack a punch with these little stories of yours. <laughs> Where the I, fuck do you find these? I try to do the most with the least <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> it literally. Oh my God. I literally went to Wikipedia and I'm like, all right, I need to look up these. Miss. 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 Was it? Miscarriage of Justice? Yeah. And I was like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I chose something with a date of, um, I want to either January 22nd or February 22nd. I found what January 22nd. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, done. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just All right. Something really quick. All right. <laughs> um, ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Five, six, oh, look. Seven. Janine mentioned you in a post <laughs> I mentioned me in a post. I just reposted Aileen's thing um, 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 um okay so before um, we started recording I was telling Kyle that this story gave me like hella Adnan vibes um, so that means it's very frustrating um, <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating but it's the same thing like like your story where they they had facts Mm. they just didn't double check them Mm -hmm. prosecution like refused to share what they fucking knew and it's like "Mm, like why do you want to pin it on this person Mm -hmm. like who hurt you (laughs) okay so this is um and this was from that website i'll put it in my show notes because it was really fucking cool um and I actually wouldn't mind doing another, like, one of these episodes because 
hearing those stories like it's it's really fucking frustrating but at the same time it's like okay but somebody was on their side you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like something happened for this to kind of get overturned um i feel like i'm breathing so heavily right now and i don't know why i'm like super clammy oh (laughs) please don't kill me it's the coffee or something i'm like (laughs) you On July 21st, 1997, the body of a man was found burning in an alley in San Pedro, California. The man was later identified as 30-year-old Richard Daly. In the following weeks, L.A. police detective Marcella Wynn began receiving tips from, a confiden- from confidential informants that Daly was killed by members of the Lawndale 13 gang. The informant said three gang members named Lester Monlor... Chad Landrum and Santo Alvarez beat Daly to death with a claw hammer in a house at 16416 Fermona Avenue in Lawndale. That's right by work. I'm going to visit there. <laughs> wow. I'm going to go this week and I'm going to post a photo. It's just a fucking hammer because it has the thing on the back and I don't think they all have that. Yeah, because there's different types of hammer. I think... what hammers are. There's a hammer museum. I think, like, a claw hammer is technically, like, what everyone kind of considers as just a hammer. But, I mean, you have to think there's a sledgehammer. There's a... There's different types of hammers. I just think, like... Yeah. So, I think that's the technical name. Because, look, a scroll up and it has the other hammers there. No. Up, up. These? Yeah. All the hammers. Cartoon... Clip art, nail, claw, toy, transparent. Nail hammer? That's weird. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I leave pissed about the fucking, fucking hammer. hammer. <laughs> okay. Well, it could um, have been a sledgehammer. Were- you don't know. True. Um, so there were two residences on the lot, uh, which was referred to as Mellon Patch because both houses were owned by Aline Mellon. Huh, cute. Informants told detective, yeah, the melon patch. <laughs> um, informants told the de- or told detective Wynn that Daly had been killed in the house in the back of the lot. At the time of the murder, the back house was vacant, but until about five months earlier, Aline had been living there with her daughter, Susan Mellon, and Susan's kids, Johnny and Jessica. <clears throat> Um, Robert Mellon Jr., Aline's son, lived in the front of the house, like in the front house or whatever, mm-hmm. with his wife and their two children. Monlore, who was one of the gang members and also known as Wicked, also <laughs> lived in the front house with his mother and sister. It seems like a lot of people. Um, it does seem like going. a lot of people. Yeah. From time to time, various drug users and gang members stayed in the front house as well. Like, there's a lot happening in that front house. Um, There's a lot happening in all the houses. I have a lot of questions. The whole melon patch is (laughs) popping. It's too many. On August 13th, Detective Wynn got an arrest warrant for both houses in the melon patch looking for Santa Alvarez, Lester Monlor, and Chad Landrum. The rear house was vacant and partially damaged from a fire on August 1st. Later that day on August 13th, Monlor was arrested elsewhere and charged with Daly's murder... And Landrum was arrested and charged with murder on the 25th, which is like roughly two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Alvarez, however, was not arrested 
Detective Wynn had learned that on August 5th, Alvarez was arrested on unrelated... Oh. <laughs> I deleted something. Um, he was arrested on unrelated charges, and because of this, Wynn did not go after Alvarez in the uh, for the murder of Daly. Um, okay. So, on August 13th... Oh, I thought this thing stopped. On August 13th... 13th a woman named june patty who from the get-go lied and said she was a paralegal at the la county superior court um june patty called the police station patty said she had information about the daily murder she called again on august 14th and left another message saying that she spoke to susan mellon on the night of the 13th many hours before she called the police in the second call, she said that Mellon admitted that she took part in the murder. Hmm. <clears throat> Detective Wynn met with that lady, Patty, who's a liar, on August 15th, <laughs> and she told the detective that Susan Mellon and her boyfriend, Tom, uh, found Daly, who was homeless, sleeping in the house, and they believed that Daly was stealing from them. According to Patty, not his real, Tom, not his real name, Tom, <laughs> called out to Landrum... <laughs> i love it <laughs> he because it's there's no boyfriend um called out to landrum from the front of the house from the front house and they kicked daily to death with susan mellon kicking daily once patty and patty said susan had taped daily's mouth shut to muffle his screams not long after that interview detective Wynn spoke with june patty's sister laura patty who was a detective or a police officer in Torrance, California. Uh-huh. Laura, the sister of the liar, and she's also a police officer, said that the liar was a pathological liar and a master manipulator. Hmm. In fact, just days earlier, June Patty, the liar, had pled guilty to making a criminal threat for threatening to kill Laura Patty and Laura's son and was placed on probation. You know, so the liar. You know how. <laughs> um, got how it's like killers with two first names <laughs> june patty yeah, exactly yeah mm, we should have known should have fucking known um okay so the detective did not make record of this conversation with the sister and the information was not disclosed to the defense like are you fucking kidding me this lady's sister who is also uh, like a police officer mm. is telling you that this dumb bitch is a pathological fucking liar. And you're like, and you're like it's no, fine. <laughs> I don't think it's important. It's okay. I'm sure she's reliable. <laughs> Jesus. What the so fuck? on August 25th, uh, August 25th, 1997, Susan Mellon was arrested and charged with first degree murder. Mellon told the detective she was not involved in the murder in any way. And on that day of the crime, she was moving from Redondo Beach to Gardena which is pretty fucking easy to corroborate. Like, that would be a bold-ass fucking lie if you actually weren't moving. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. um, by the time Mellon went on trial in L.A. County, in the L.A. County Superior Court in May of 1998, Landrum had been convicted of first-degree murder in a separate trial and sentenced to life, with, to life in prison without parole. Mm. The prosecution's case against Mellon relied entirely on the testimony of this liar, June Patty. Okay, Jay. 
Although her account of what Marilyn had told her changed dramatically. Okay, Jay. Patty told the jury that Melon's boyfriend, not his real name Tom, walked into the house that Susan oh walked into the house and Susan was engaged in a sexual act with Daly. Instead of kicking Daly once, Patty now testified that Melon kicked him multiple times, hmm. stuffed a bandana down his throat, and used super glue to seal his mouth shut. I'm Wait sorry. For it. Even though the crime scene photos showed that Daly's mouth was open with a wo- a woolen a wool scarf, not a bandana, stuffed in his mouth. Mm. Such fucking bullshit, dude. Like, come on. So, mm. Patty said that Tom had walked next door to the front house and he gave Landrum a quarter ounce of meth in exchange for help to kill Daly. Patty testified that Landrum beat Daly with a hammer and that he, Mellon, and Tom repeatedly kicked him and Landrum burned Daly's face and head while he was still alive. Patty told the jury that after Daly died, his body, his body was wrapped in a blanket and taken to an alley in San Pedro where it was set on fire. <clears throat> I feel so bad for this girl. Mellon's attorney failed to challenge the testimony with the autopsy findings that there was no evidence of superglue in or around or anywhere near Daly's mouth. There were no burns on his face and the burns on the rest of his body were confirmed to come to be like done after his death. Mm -hmm. So the story of that they burned his face or they burned anything while he was still alive is a complete fucking lie. Wow. Um, Mellon testified in her own defense and denied involvement in the crime. Three other witnesses testified as well. One said that she... One said that he was with her as she was moving to Gardena on the day of the murder. Another testified that Mellon did not meet Patty or sell drugs to her or do anything with her on August 14th. And a third witness testified that Mellon was not at the Mellon patch at the time of the murder. So she was nowhere even like near the residence. Right. On May 15th, 1998, a jury convicted Mellon of first degree murder and she was sentenced to life in prison without parole. That guy, Monlor, went on trial later and was acquitted. In 2009, Shirley Nock, a resident of the Lawndale, a resident of the Lawndale area, befriended Santo Alvarez, the third suspect um, in the original warrant who was never arrested in the murder. Alvarez confided to Nock that he had helped Landrum and Monlor <sighs> kill Daly and that Mellon was not involved. <laughs> in November 2013, Nock learned that the Innocence Matters, that Innocence Matters, an LA-based nonprofit um, that investigates uh, wrongful convic- convictions, was already looking into her case. She contacted the organization to report that Alvarez had told her four years earlier, like he was the one that was involved the three guys did fucking kill him and this lady had like nothing to do with it um okay between between january and february of 2014 alvarez contacted melon's nephew through facebook and said he wanted to talk about the case um the nephew contacted melon's daughter and a day later they met he said 
Alvarez said, yes, she's innocent. She took my place. Alvarez admitted that he and Landrum and Monlor killed Daly and that he regretted that Mellon was serving time in prison for his crime. Alvarez met on a second occasion with the daughter in February of 2014, and he recounted that on the day of the crime, Daly was inside the house, in, in the rear house, boarding up some windows. Alvarez said that Landrum, that he, Landrum, and Monlor gained entry to the house through a screen door, and once inside, Landrum hit Daly three times in the head with a hammer. Um, okay, so he, he said that he hit him, the other guy hit him three times in the head with a hammer, but he said that there were more details that he would provide, but he wanted to get a lawyer first and get immunity before telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, February 2014, um, 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 O'Connor confirmed or informed the L.A. District Attorney's Office that she planned to meet with Alvarez and suggested that a law enforcement officer be present undercover. When they met, an investigator and a student intern were there. However, no law enforcement officer was present. During that meeting, Alvarez again said that Mellon was innocent. On March 21st, Alvarez gave a different version saying that he and Landrum and Monlor were in the vacant house and they were getting high and Daly showed up with a bottle of alcohol. They were drinking together, just like chilling, when suddenly Landrum began beating Daly in the head with a hammer. Landrum stuffed the scarf in Daly's mouth and Alvarez and Monlor wrapped the body in blankets, um, put, them, put him in a car, and then drove off without Alvarez. During the reinvestigation of the case, Landrum was interviewed and said that Mellon was not involved in the crime in any way, shape, or form. Other witnesses were located who confirmed that Landrum told several people that Mellon was not convicted, or not involved, sorry. Um, O'Connor discovered that June Patty, the prosecution's sole witness against Mellon, a.k.a. J., had attempted on numerous occasions to inform several different L.A. County Police Departments about wrongdoings by others. <sighs> And had been discredited in every instance, literally except this one. Wow. Fucking idiot. The prosecution did not disclose to Mellon's defense lawyer any of the information about her past contact with police officers. Detective Wynn did not disclose her interview with Patty's sister, Laura, during which Laura said Patty was a pathological liar and a master manipulator. In September of 2014, O'Connor filed a state petition for writ of... A habeas corpus seeking to vacate Mellon's conviction. On October 10th, 2014, the LA County District Attorney's Office informed the court um, that it had no intention of continuing to prosecute the case because there was no evidence of Mellon's guilt. The court vacated the conviction, sorry, and the charge was dismissed and Mellon was released. In November 2014, Judge Mark Arnold declared Mellon factually innocent. She filed a federal, federal? Yep. Did I say that? Yep. Federal. Federal. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to let you go. I was like, Whoa. I just wasn't sure what I said. Um, Mellon <laughs> Neither <laughs> were we. <laughs> Mellon filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles and the detectives in April 2015. In June 2015, the state of California awarded her $597,000 in compensation. Mellon's federal lawsuit was dismissed in 2017 and her lawyers appointed, or I'm sorry, her lawyers appealed to the Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals 
which in 2018 reinstated the lawsuit. In March 2019, the lawsuit was settled for $12 million. Detective Wynn was also the lead detective in the wrongful convictions of Obi Anthony and Reggie Cole, who were convicted of a 1994 murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Cole's conviction was set aside and the charges against him were dismissed in 2009. Anthony's conviction was set aside and the charges dismissed in 2011. Um, they were uh, they were both freed and the um, Innocence Projects discovered that the prosecution had withheld evidence again showing that the prosecution's primary witness had ta- uh, testified falsely wow so three of these fucking cases that this dumb bitch was on were wrongfully fucking convicted that's so dumb but like when I was reading this, I'm like, is is this Adnan's case? Like, all right. over again? Right. Because Christina, was her name Christina? What's his lawyer's name? Oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking hate my brain sometimes. My brain well, just told me Christina like Ricci. Thing. I'm like, that is not it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the same thing where they yeah. had information, yeah. wouldn't share it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. had leads, wouldn't follow through with them for whatever reason. Excuse me. Um, but yeah. So that is the story of Susan Mellon. Wow. Goddamn Mellon Patch. The mel- <laughs> I'm literally going to go one day after work and just like take a photo of the residence and that way I can like use it. That's actually kind of cool. Huh. The Mellon Patch. Wow. Cute. Hey guys, want to go get high at the Mellon Patch? Wow. Down. <laughs> I'm gonna get real low. So damn, yeah. mm-hmm. that's crazy. Can detectives do better out there? Hello, can you hear me? Please do better. I know it. It's it's crazy because like we all have days like at our jobs where. Mm-hmm. Not that we half-ass, but it's just, like, those days where it's just, like, I just need to get this done. I just need to get this over with. And it's, like, like not giving as a detective, you can't do that. Those, days. those those are not, as those don't exist. Officer, yeah. No. Those don't exist. Like, like people's lives sorry. are at stake. Like, literally. Right. So, choose the profession carefully. Because it is, yeah. you have to be on it. All the time. Yeah. All the time. That's well, this nuts. was fun. A little depressing, but light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the at least you know. They're out. Mm-hmm. At least it's not anymore. But and they're fucking rich now. Right. Yeah, but at what cost? You lose like years of your life, you know. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's so, it's just like, it's fucking unfortunate. And it's just the system's built to. It's scary. It's scary because it could happen to any of us. Like, it's just like, oh my God. Truly. Like, truly. You would never think, you know, your kid dies and then all of a sudden you're in jail for their murder. And it's just like, what? I'm sorry. But. Fighting for your fucking life. <laughs> Your face. <sighs> Bless you. Oh God. 
My nose is not happy right it's now. Happening again? I think oh. it's happening. <laughs> I think I'm All okay, right, guys. Well, thank you for dealing with our break. Thank you for dealing with the chatty ass fucking intro coming back. <laughs> and yeah, life Just, fucking sometimes happens. So yeah, sorry, not uh, sorry. No. I mean, nothing we can do about <laughs> it, you know? But, yeah, thank you for listening to us. We appreciate it. Thank you for... Mm-hmm. We've had a couple people who have gone on and bought some merch, which is exciting. Yeah. Yes. Buy more. Yeah, Please. so keep keep going. Keep keep going there and um, getting some merch and representing. It's fun to hear stories of people, like, wearing it out. And, and who was mm-hmm. it that wore it and, like, she was, like, stopped or something like wear a shirt and was like oh i don't remember <coughs> yeah did you read that i um somebody told me also they saw someone with a shirt i think it was blunt force trauma mm. they saw them at like the orange county swap meet and i was like oh my god did you take a picture and she's like no i just saw it like, oh cool <laughs> well, thanks thanks. <laughs> thanks for that yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, I forgot who. It, oh shit, I'm gonna feel bad. I forgot who it was, but they like were wearing the shirt, and like some lady was like running up to them, was like, and they were like scared, like because they were like, "What the fuck? What's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, "I like that podcast," and it's like, "Oh my god, oh, that's my insane. God, that's so weird." I know it's crazy. Do it. so, we want to see more of it out in the world. Yeah, and stories. Yeah, and we want to see our stuff in the world. So it's exciting. So yeah. keep keep going there. That's on our website. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't done like show notes in like five years, um, and I'm and I'm not gonna promise that I'm gonna do them again. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure. I mean, Why we'll not? do it when we do Does it. Does anybody yeah. even pay attention to show notes? I don't know. Maybe we should do a story. If you pay attention to show notes. Let us know. <laughs> should we do like a? We'll do. Maybe we'll do like a poll or poll? something on yeah. like a story. Because I mean, if y'all really, 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 really want them, then buy a lot of merch and maybe we'll do it. <laughs> so I can quit my job. And then we'll talk about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like my job. I don't think my boss listens, but. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we have how many more episodes do we have in the season? One, two, three, four, five? Seven. seven. So we have seven more? How, how many is this? I don't know. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I thought we were near the end. I guess we aren't. I mean, we're kind of near the end. I think it's because we took a long break. I guess that, no, I guess that's right. No, that's right. All right. Yeah. Well, all right, we're ha- so we're like halfway through, basically. Yeah, we're just about halfway it's through. Been like, kind of, like out of the box episodes, I think. Yeah. Outside of the box episodes, I kind of like it. Yeah. Regardless, thank you for listening mm-hmm. and dealing with us and just being super rad. Oh, you're frozen. That's you it. froze. Oh shit! You were you frozen froze. too. <laughs> I don't know what you said, so. <laughs> <laughs> Am I moving now? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. But I don't know what you said, so I can't respond. Oh my god, now you're frozen again. Okay, we need to stop. <laughs> okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you guys. Follow uh, us so, everywhere, please. Yeah, but just don't follow us home, okay? Okay? 
Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye.